my hope is that organizations will see more and more that we are a living system, which with each person we recruit, the values of the system changes. With each person we recruit, the culture of the system is changing. With each person that leaves the organization, the organization mm. is, it's, it's a living organism in a way, right. and it's changing with us. And when we understand that this is kind of like a, a living thing, I'm not sure what, how to call it exactly, um, we look at it maybe from a beyond perspective or whatever you want to call it, but we approach it differently as leaders. Welcome to the Leadership Junkies podcast brought to you by Cardavera, the leadership development ecosystem that helps you grow your people, grow your business, and grow your life. We are back here for episode 106, and we have brought back Noah Ronan. She was here with you in episode 105, and her wisdom bombs were so plentiful, we said we just have to keep going with this. And indeed we did, and we're bringing her back to you today. The title today is The Being of the System. Leadership Tools for Teams and Organizations. Noah is going to share a really fascinating concept about how not just trying to lead people, but lead and coach the system, which consists of the people and the entire organization. It's really a unique perspective and just so rich with leadership ideas. She's going to talk about understanding our objectives in terms of our why and our purpose. She's going to talk about, like, I'm going to call it unraveling what is really courage. And she's going to finally talk about what she calls her change formula, something I've never seen or heard before. I know you're going to be thrilled and ready to put it into work in your life and your business. Junkies podcast, where we explore leadership, business, and personal growth to help you grow your business and live a richer life. We're your hosts, Jeff Dishwitz and Craig Matthews. We believe that leaders have to put their people first. And if you don't have time to grow your people, then you're not leading. Get ready for conversations that will challenge your thinking and help you transform your leadership and your business. Welcome to your bigger business and bigger life. Craig and I are excited to be back here today again with Noah Ronan. We just had such a wonderful interview with her the other day. We couldn't stop. And she's back here with us today to share more of her wisdom on leadership and in particularly her unique concept that she calls Beyond, capital B-E, Beyond Leadership. Her book is called Beyond Leadership from Awareless to Awareness, Dare to Be the Leader You Can Be. She also, in our last episode, talked about the concept of aware mess, which is what we go through going from aware list to awareness. She's got a fascinating leadership journey. She's now a speaker, coach, author. I love this disruptor. Uh, she moved here to the United States from Israel about 15 years ago, and that experience alone helped inform her journey as a leader and now a leadership coach. She's just got so much amazing things to share with us. So we're going to jump right back into this with Noah and just start with this question, Noah. Just tell us, what exactly is beyond leadership? For me, the beyond leadership is, yes, you need to do the work on yourself. But then when you do the work on yourself, you need to look beyond. Because surrender for me 
is not surrender for you. Mm. And my values are not your values. And your experience is not my experience. And my culture fit is not your culture fit. Wow. And when, and that's, that's that next, that's for me that beyond. And, um, and, and you, you go through the journey in way, one way or another. And then when you, you get to the beyond, that's when you start stepping back. The ego is kind of like being released and you say, okay, as a leader, I not need to be all the time in the front and I can start moving to the sides and to the back, not pushing people from the back, but just being in the back and allowing them to show up on their pace um, and coaching them. And your leadership is really changing. And that sounds like that's a, a powerful place to be in as a coach. I, I would imagine there's a lot of coaches that, that think, okay, this is what the ideal is. This is what I need to get my client to do, but it's from their perspective rather than their client's perspective. Yeah. So, so for me, I always say, you know, English is my second language. Explain to me, <laughs> what does this mean? When you say, I want to love my people, what does love mean to you? Like <laughs> right. very simple words. And yeah. if we will start paying attention, as, as Jeff said before, there was a word you were using and you said surrender. So even my meaning of surrender and your meaning of surrender yeah. and your friends, right, is different and Absolutely. that's okay. That's truly okay. And, and that's where it makes it so interesting. Well, I love what you just said, Noah. In fact, I had an experience last night. I'm, I'm part of a team facilitating, call it a self-discovery training for mm -hmm. a number of weeks. And last night, one of the questions, I was facilitating a small group, and the question to them was, if you, if you become, it was about becoming, if you become the man you, want to, you say you want to be, what's the payoff for that? Like, what, what's your why behind it? And what I noticed that each person, their first answer was this really general thing. Like you said that example, I just want to love my people at work. And I'm a believer we have to go to the second or third or fifth yeah. question mm -hmm. because like one guy said, well, um, I'll live my best life. That's what he said, but with no emotion. And I said, <laughs> well, but what happens if you live your best life? Like, what does that mean? He said, and then he got really excited. He said, oh my God, that would mean my life just absolutely rocks. And now I'm going, now, do you feel the difference in that? <laughs> Which of those two answers is going to inspire you? to do the messiness, yeah. not, oh, I want to live my best life. La, la, la. <laughs> yeah. And, and that's the being part is that when you say the doing, what, what does it feel and what do you think and what holds you back with your thoughts and your, uh, with your fears and your hopes, many times hopes can get in a way um, that you can be that person. I, I'm not sure it's, you know, I use the word can because sometimes we want, but we cannot always be what, what we want for different reasons, but we can be. And it, it's really that I, I say dare to be, uh, because there is a daring part of, of letting go of what you know to do, yeah. uh, that you can see new results in your life. Well, and I think the daring part is we've already talked about it. If I choose to just be, then that means I'm going to be judged based upon being, not yeah. doing. Yeah. And that's can be terrifying to say, wow. I'm used to being, I've done a great job. People, 
you know, I remember when I started doing my own work and really going deep in it, I started being honest with people and talking about how I lack confidence. And people would say, literally half a dozen people said, Jeff, don't tell me that. Because I've always seen you as the most confident person I know. Mm. And I said, it was a fake. I said, I'm moving there now more genuinely, yeah. but it was mm -hmm. a fake. But they didn't want to hear that because they had created this idea of this is what it looks like. And they didn't want to know. They really yeah. didn't want to know that someone they thought was confident had struggled mightily. And yeah. and let me let me add another layer because you know I talk a lot about change with um, with my clients and I call it the being of the system. Okay, so what's interesting about what you were saying? It's kind of like the story with my daughter, right? It's not about you being, but them feeling uncomfortable with your way of being. Right. So it's like, don't tell me because that's uncomfortable to me. It's not about you being vulnerable right now and feeling uncomfortable. It's not about you. It's about <laughs> their experience with you sharing that. So in I I take the being from us, the individuals, into the being of the system. Because what happens is that when you um as a leader try to create a change. The same way there is the personal being, there is also the being of the system. People have hopes and aspirations and fears and concerns. And if I come as a leader only with the actions, let's talk about it, let's design, let's think about it, you know, all those things, we many times find the same way that happens with us, that the being of the system will slow that leader or even stop them as a system. And that's something that I, I invite leaders to look at when they find resistance, when they meet resistance, when they try to, to be more in the action. And here is something interesting that I, find, I found working with the doers. They say, I, I like to move fast. Doers like to move fast. So when the being of the system is starting to slow them down, they're very frustrated. <laughs> yeah. So, it's... yeah. You want, no, go you ahead. Want, yeah. So what I invite them to do is I say, I know you don't like to slow down, but here is the deal. People right now are concerned or have fears or emotions or whatever about the, the process you are trying to lead. So this is the daring part go and have a conversation mm. understand their concerns understand their emotions understand where they are coming from and from there create it together with them that you can move forward but if you if you find that the people are sarcastic in the meeting or resisting you or just you know go behind your back and slow you down you're probably in the doing and you are ignoring the the being of the system um, wow. So that's another aspect that I find very, very interesting. And by the way, it happens in family too, not, not just in there. Oh yeah, um, it's, <laughs> right? it's it's all across. I mean, when we're across. talking about leadership. It's it's us in every situation. Mm -hmm. So I think one of the things I, I find where I have a block is that I, I make time, so I create time in my schedule to <clears> think, <throat> to reflect, to to do those things. But I find that I don't really go there very often. <laughs> Mm -hmm. So what's what's that that's keeping me back from that? Is it that, you know, I'm I'm still stuck in the doing? Is it, you know, 
thoughts from, from a coach? So um, I say, you know what people say, I'm procrastinating, I'm not doing all, all that stuff. I always say, I believe um, um, you still don't understand the why or the purpose behind that. Mm, we okay. don't move into action or other people don't move into action when we don't understand the purpose behind what we do. Or maybe it's not important enough. And that's also, it's fine. You know, it's not judgment, but maybe reflection time right now is not important enough for me. So that's why I'm not doing it. Maybe I don't know how to do that. Uh, so that's why I'm not doing it. Yeah. Uh, or, and maybe I still don't understand really with myself the purpose behind that. It's just a trend that I see. You know, sometimes people come and say, you know, my people need to be more strategic. And then I read the 360 uh, and I see that everyone writes in the, in the feedback the word strategic. So it tells me that it's not that it's important to the leader, but they just hear that word again and again in the organization. Yeah. But there is no meaning for them behind that. And that's why they don't move into action. So for me, getting back to your question, is it really important to you? If not, that's fine. Don't do it. And hmm. two, I need to get more understanding about what is the purpose behind that. And um, by the way, as a leader, if your energy is low and people don't follow or mm. inspired by you, it's probably because you don't understand the purpose and the values um, of the idea that you're trying to influence. So go do That's the work. Um, on the other hand, if you have a momentum, take advantage of it because it's not going to stay there. It's energy. <laughs> it goes up and down. <laughs> Great point, Noah. So Noah, I have a question. You, you talked about people saying, well, you're saying it must not be important enough. Talk about the intersect. I'll call it the intersection of importance and risk or fear. Because my personal belief is that how important things are to me show up to my actions. If it's really important, I'm going to do it. Yeah. Uh, I, I will make it happen. Mm -hmm. um, so then when I hear, well, it's not really important. Well, but it is important intellectually, but it's not important enough for me to take the risk associated with it. Yeah. Um, so talk about that dynamic. Yeah. So I, for me, you know, it starts when people come to, and say, I'm not doing something. Is it really important to you? <laughs> and understanding what is, why, why if at all? And if not, just be okay to give yourself permission not to do it. It's, it's so easy. And we get stuck in our head and, and, um, it's easy, but it's difficult. <laughs> we make it difficult. <laughs> we make it difficult. But yeah. sad, you know, it's so funny when you, when you sit with another person and say, it's pretty important to you. And, and then they say, you know what? Nope. And so, so why are you, or what makes you want to do that? Uh, so, so that's where the conversations start. And sometimes it, it's really important, even though they say no, and then they understand the what behind or the why behind it. What's interesting about what you said, Jeff, about the, the courage is that many times when you ask people, did you feel courageous in that moment that everyone saw you as courageous, their answer is no. Yep. I actually felt very weak, yep. but mm. it was important enough and I was connected with my values and with my purpose. So good. And with every step I took, I felt so weak, but I kept going. Yeah. And when we understand our values, when we understand the purpose behind what we do, we do things 
that we never we are, we have never done before and mm. and those are the things that i missed when i was stuck for five years or some of us miss but then we have the courage i see people so easy suddenly do things that they were so afraid to do before doesn't mean that they don't feel weak but they keep going and yeah. and so for me that's the connection about what you said important is it important enough if it's important enough i don't know how we do that but we find the courage in those weak moments to keep going well i think it was uh i think that this might be a paraphrase Renee Brown said something like, uh, vulnerability is courage in action. And I really like that because I've asked a lot of people, and I'd ask you this, I'd say, define courage. No one's ever be, been able to define it for me. What they do is they tell a story mm -hmm. that was courageous. And I, I came to this conclusion that courage is what we label something after we've done something where we faced risk. That like I say to someone, summon up the courage. They go, what does that mean? Summon up what? Maybe it's your why. Maybe it's your purpose. Uh, all those things. And I think that um, it, it's interesting in talking to leaders about courage. And I love what you just said. It's so true. In the last couple of weeks, I've had numerous conversations where someone did something I thought was courageous. I'll say, does that feel courageous? They said, no, not at all. It feels small. Because we've been told, we've been taught by our culture. <laughs> that courageous means doing wild, big stuff. Yeah. Right. And last night, even a guy on the call said that <laughs> one of the ways he wants to be different is he said, I want to be, I just want to tell my truth. Mm -hmm. And he went on to talk about the fears he has about that. And I said, and he finished and I said, sounds like that's what you just did. <laughs> and it took him a minute. And yeah. he said, oh, I just did tell my truth, yeah. didn't I? Yeah. So he could, didn't even see it because he was yeah. looking for that big, you know, Hollywood career. <laughs> right, right. That's important right. for us to, to have those people that tell us when, when we do something, because oftentimes we don't recognize what's going on. To me, courageous sounds like it's, it's feeling the fear and doing it anyway. It's yeah. moving beyond that, that state of, fear and just choosing to move forward because we have a bigger why than that drives us. Yeah, I, uh, at least that's my perspective. Uh, in, I, it's so interesting, you know, the, the, those definitions, right? How each one of us see it differently. Yeah. And, and for me, the, the daring or the, the courage is that place of, you know, you are afraid and there is that power inside you, even though you feel weak, to keep going with the fear yeah. and and i think that for me for many years there was that i'm gonna act on that when the fear will disappear <laughs> <laughs> right and it didn't work for me i don't know why but it didn't work for me yeah. so only when i started saying okay there is fear and i keep going with it and it's not the fear of being on a roller coaster but just standing on a stage and speaking in my second language. I never had a problem mm. speaking on a stage or in front of people, but doing it in my second language, oh yeah, that was a huge fear for me, okay? Or um, a lot of other things that I did and, and I had to teach myself 
how to keep going with the fear. You know, so people, some people say fearless. It's not the fearless, but you break that yeah. word to two. Um, so yes, you feel very weak in those moments, but then you look at yourself and you say, well, I met my fear and I kept walking with it. And for that, wow. I appreciate myself. And going back to that recognition where I started that not all managers know how to do that, that place that you learn to, rather than looking for that external recognition, to look within and tell yourself, that was an awesome moment. Yeah. Or that was, you know, what I did right now felt good. I feel in alignment. I feel that I appreciate or recognize that stepping stone. Um, that that's that that was a, a very important moment for me learning how to do that rather than all the time looking for that external recognition and learning how to find that within yeah it's interesting i i've done a lot of work trying to conquer my fears but it's usually the external things like fear of heights you know going to the stratosphere <laughs> in vegas and and doing the big shot which shoots you up another 150 feet and <laughs> You know, going back day after day because the winds were too high, but then finally doing it and saying, oh, that wasn't that, such a big deal. But then getting on the roller coaster that rolls around the outside of it and it's like, holy crap, I'm about to die. You know, but it's, uh, it, I feel like I try to conquer certain types of fear, but then the internal work seems to be the, the bigger blocks. And so I appreciate what you're talking about here, Noah, of, of how we step into that and, and really tying it back to what's our why, what's the, what's the big, you know, what are the values that we're dealing with that, that helped me to move forward? Thank you. Let's take a quick break and hear from our sponsors. I've been a Beta Gamma Sigma member for the last 20 years. If you're looking to hire, the right candidate is closer than you think. Beta Gamma Sigma is the International Business Honor Society, exclusively for students at the top of their class in the top 5% of business schools in the world. BGS members are academic achievers, skilled leaders, and experienced problem solvers, and their skills and experience extend beyond the classroom. They hold chapter leadership positions, attend global business summits, complete ethics trainings, and engage in world-class internships with top corporations. When you hire a Beta Gamma Sigma member, you are truly hiring the best in business. For more information, email bgshonors at betagammasigma.org to learn more about how to hire BGS members. Welcome back. One thing I want to go back to, Noah, I've not really, I don't think I've heard anyone talk about it this way. And I'm, I'll be honest, I may borrow it. <laughs> I think it's really a good way of looking at this idea. You talked about the system. Mm -hmm. Most of the time we think about creating systems. Mm. And I'll often, I'll talk about culture, like what culture have we created? But I really like that word system because it feels like the concept of systemic. Mm -hmm. What kind of, what systems do we have here that are not serving our organization and our yeah. team? Because this is just embedded in us and we're going to have to, it's going to take some really intentional work to get out of the system. Because mm -hmm. I, I want to say, hey, this is how we're going to do this. Yeah, but there's a system in place. Mm -hmm. We've been doing it this way for a long time. And there's so many blind spots yes. around those systems. Like, why aren't our people doing better at, you know, coaching their people? Well, because our whole system is based upon your advance, based upon your performance, not your people development. Mm -hmm. yeah. So we say it, but the system 
So I really like that idea of looking at what are the systems that are existing in an organization that mm-hmm. are holding them back. So uh, when I talk about the system, I, I like what you bring, and I will add to that, that I see the system as that, and, and it's not mine, it's part of a, an idea of coaching the system rather than the individuals in the system. So it's, it's what creates the system is as the individuals. And um, my hope is that organizations will see more and more that we are a living system which with each person we recruit, the values of the system changes. With each person we recruit, the culture of the system is changing. With each person that leaves the organization, the organization mm. is, it's, it's a living organism in a way, right. and it's changing with us. And when we understand that this is kind of like a, a living thing, I'm not sure what, how to call it exactly, um, we look at it, maybe from a beyond perspective or whatever you want to call it, but we approach it differently as leaders. Mm. And my hope is one day rather than, um, I don't know, 10 or 12 people or 30 people sitting in a room, the C-suite executives and saying, this is, these are the values of the organizations, that there will be a button being pushed every day that people write what are the values and every day mm-hmm. it emerges the values of the organization and the culture and each one of us that join is part of building the blocks of the values of the organization. So it's not top down, but it's being happening all together because it's a living system. So I, I'm kind of like building on what you're saying, Jeff. So that's I a great point, sense. Noah. That's, so we're basically in co-creation. Yeah. I think one of the things that Jeff and I've talked about is you know, every, every year or so, go through your policies and figure out what's not working for your organization anymore. You know, mm-hmm. Why did these policies creep in? What what issue were we trying to affect? And maybe we're kind of going too far over in one direction because we had a particular person that was acting out in a certain way. So we you know, put a policy in place to prevent that. That person's no longer here. So the policy doesn't make sense. Or you know, maybe we're just chicken and didn't approach that person. You know, so we put a policy in place. It's easier to do that sometimes. Yeah. So I, I um, kind of like played with your idea and I found sometimes I work with engineers and I love to, <laughs> we have such a different brain that it works yeah. so wonderfully together. Yeah. And I said, hmm, we, we think in formulas. We all think in formulas in a way, right? Yes. Limiting beliefs are really, and even values, they are all formulas that we create from my perspective of where I'm standing and how I'm seeing the world. If I clean so, my room, I'm a good boy. Yes, right? <laughs> uh, some of them because we were, I don't want to go into therapy or something, but yeah. it's, it's from a lot of different things that we collect along the way. So we create a lot of different formulas. So I played with what I call the change formula. Um, and people can see it if they, they jump to my website, but I, I'm going to try and make it easy. So it's do multiple B, and in the B there is E. I took that E and I did it a power of three. Okay. Mm. And that E, it, it stands for the E power three is one E is emotions. Another E are expectations. Oh, yeah. And another E is the energy. Oh, so good. Okay. Wow. I love that formula. And that equals change. Wow. So what you were saying, think about it. Each one of us brings to each moment, each meeting, each conversation, a different doing 
and a different being that has the emotions, the expectations and the energy. And sometimes it's yeah. low and sometimes it's high. And sometimes I push too much with the doing. Sometimes I push too much with the being. And that creates all that change that is happening, right? Interesting. And it creates the language. And I tell people, so I see Jeff right now, because I'm not sure if people have a video option, but I see him right now his uh, wheels are working. Uh, and when oh, I tell- he, he does that. <laughs> <laughs> and when I sit with people or talk with them about that, what I say is don't get too hooked with the formula. Because for me, it's just starting a conversation. Yeah. Oh, Take that formula, create an app from it in a different way. Change everything about that. Make it your own. I don't care about that. But it starts a conversation of understanding what's happening. So going back to that living system, when we bring all those that being and doing, so sometimes we're too much in the being in a meeting and we just think and we just analyze and we just and there is no movement right and there are other situations when we are so much in the action that we are running too fast and we are you know we need someone to say hey we are missing the being part right now in the conversation yeah. uh, so it can be in so many layers it can be in just one meeting it can be in what's happening with us because we are right now in that messy um moment as a company that we are growing or scaling too fast and it just feels like we're all the time or in the doing or in the being uh so i find that idea very interesting and and it can create language for organizations to look at where they are as yeah. a team as a conversation as what you said with policies with systems mm -hmm. and pay attention i love what you're saying there because I've found that after, you know, a, a being part of a leadership team and we went through some training, we had a new level of language and we could just mention a word and the whole context, the whole structure of everything behind that was brought into there with a single word. And when you're talking about, oh, we're being too much, that's something that people need to have some training around. But once they do, then that's a shortcut to better performance or change or whatever those things are that we're looking for. Yeah, I, I don't want to expose a, a story that, but there are situations that bad things happen in organization. And then the CEO says to the CIS, it doesn't matter in many different layers, they say, okay, let's have the, the meeting because a few bad things happened and we need to fix it. And I worked with a leader that they were just going for a lot of like, can I say shit as a, uh, with, with, with the things happening around and they had to spend a whole weekend. And we had a conversation afterwards and she said, that's amazing. We were just jumping into fixing and being in the doing without taking a moment and really grieving what was happening. Interesting. Yeah. We, we didn't take a moment to just be as a leadership team. We were mm -hmm. running too fast. So when you have this language, people can find the courage mm. to say to the team, hey, guys, see what's happening right now. We are all jumping too fast when there are so many emotions about what just happened in our organization. Um, and, and we need to take a moment. And, you know, there are so many different ways. It can be a moment of just everyone sitting with a paper and just writing a few emotions and, and thoughts that they have and maybe share that or just keeping that to themselves depends on the safety that they feel with each other. 
but someone calling on the team and saying, hey guys, let's, I call it lean back rather than leaning in, let's lean back oh, for a so moment good. and be before we run into the doing. So again, it's not about doing better than the being or being, but just bringing them together into the conversation. And, and what's the impact on the change we are creating when we don't pay attention to those things? Oh, that is so good, Noah. I think, you know, Jeff and I talk about doing check-ins and things, but I love that that perspective of lean back rather than lean in. Oh my and we're, gosh. we're told, you know, lean in, just, you know, just do it. It's the power. It's the yang, right? <laughs> Step back, reflect. I love the, the word that you used there as well, which was to grieve mm. over what's happened and actually taking time and saying, you know, what, what is that impact and good stuff. Yeah, I, I, I do. I'm not a formula guy generally, <laughs> how my brain works, but I like your formula. And yeah. I, 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 just, I came up with another E to add, awesome. me, which was empathy. <laughs> Wonderful. Because, you know, you said earlier in this conversation, how often we avoid the pain of others, yeah. which mm -hmm. to me is a lack of empathy. Mm -hmm. I mean, I feel like I want to fix it. Yeah. You know, what do we, you know, what do we usually say to someone who's hurting somehow? It'll be okay. Right. Which to me, I mean, I want to say that, but it, it, there's a discomfort in experiencing other people's pain and, or like you said, with the grieving. So I love that uh, big takeaway for me. And I have to tell you, uh, Craig and I are both movie people and I've forgotten this <laughs> scene. A lot of what you said today, the scene that's coming to me is from the movie Animal House. And I don't know if you've ever seen Animal House. Because it was in probably 1980. Is that the animation one? I saw the animation no, one. So no, no, this is this National is back Lampoon. In the National Lampoon. Okay. It's a very raunchy movie, frankly. But there's this scene where one of the characters who's kind of the fool tries to get everybody excited about doing something. And he goes, let's go. And he goes running out the door and no one <laughs> follows him. Because <laughs> he was in the doing mode, right? Let's go yeah. do something. But then when he comes back is they get start connecting to the why. Mm -hmm. And once there's a purpose behind it, and now they're inspired. And I, I had forgotten that scene. So I'm oh, thinking about one. let's go that's running. Awesome. And there's so many movies, right? And TV shows where that happens. Someone yeah. says something and someone takes off to do it. <laughs> they go, well, wait a minute. We didn't, <laughs> we didn't finish yet. And yeah. It's um, a good one is the, um, the office we are binge watching the office now my kids uh, brought me to, it's so hard for me to watch like it is seriously, hard for me as to watch coach, too. i can't stand it's it. like painful <laughs> uh but uh when you get it it took me a few seasons to get into it and that's kind of like um my little thing doing with my daughter that i mentioned earlier uh so yeah there are lots of moments there when the someone is running and no one everyone is like just i think it's so beautifully being seen in the office all those awkward moments very edgy moments yeah, yeah. it's an awkward well, it's awkward for me to watch that yeah so hard but yeah it takes Noah, some time and you get into it yeah no this has been just fantastic a wonderful yes. conversation thank uh, you we always want to allow our guests to promote something that's going on for you so what would that be for you um, I will just go and thank you for that, by the way. Um, I will just say, check my book. Check my book if you found the conversation today interesting, beyond leadership from awareness to awareness, or just put my name, Noah Ronen on Amazon. Noah is N-O-A because that's an Israeli name for girls. Mm. Um, so it's N-O-A, Noah Ronen. Awesome. And so also, how do people reach out to you? How do they connect with you? 
I would say the best way is LinkedIn. I'm mostly very active on LinkedIn, so you can find a lot of the information. So just look for Noah Ronan. Um, and all my social media is Noah R. Coach. So uh, mm. wherever you like to follow, check me. But mostly I'm most vibrant and thriving on LinkedIn. Uh, so you can <laughs> see my videos and my thoughts. And I'm, I'm trying to keep it real. So yeah. uh, for example, I have on the run videos. You will see me there sweaty and... Um, <laughs> Messy, part oh, of walking great. the messiness. Yeah. And I will say, I just looked up your book and it's, it's right now it's on Kindle Unlimited for free. So people mm -hmm. can get it there. Do you have a, a paid version? I guess the paperback. You yeah. Can get the paperback. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Gotcha. Awesome. So we always wrap up with a question, Noah. Yes. And the question I want to ask you is this. Imagine that you have the opportunity to have dinner with someone living. Mm. Who are you having dinner with? And what's the one question you're going to ask them? I really, really like Simon Sinek and I listened to some of your episodes. So I know you like him too. Um, I think he's, a, he's able to take a lot of complicated ideas and make them easy to chew on. Yeah. And I'm not, I, I'm just going to, I'm just going to, I don't know, I will ask him what he likes to eat and like very simple questions. <laughs> and he's such an interesting guy. So I believe no matter what I will ask him, it will be an awesome conversation. Um, so that would be my choice. And if you don't know Simon Zinek, start with the why, his TED talk, which is one of the most watched one. Um, and there is a lot of more stuff that he's talking about. Yes, fabulous, fabulous, a fabulous thinker. And I agree, he's a, a, there's a simplicity to it that makes it doable. He pokes. Viable. He pokes. I like yeah. I, I like the way he pokes with his ideas. Yeah. Oh yeah, he pokes. Yeah. yeah. Oh he pokes. <laughs> I, I think sometimes he's got a hot skewer when he does his poking. Yeah. He, doesn't hes he doesn't hesitate to call out leaders. He does yeah. not. Yeah. He 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 speaks his truth. So Noah, this is wonderful, wonderful conversation. So great to meet you and connect with you. And thank you for being here. And thank you for the work you're doing in the world. Thank you, Absolutely. guys. It was really great having my tea today with you <laughs> and uh, just talking leadership, my, one of my favorite topics. So thank you for that. Awesome. Lots of wisdom bombs here today. <laughs> You've got questions, we've got answers. Business leadership, ownership, and sales can be challenging. Tune into the Accelerate Your Business Growth podcast to learn from the world's experts. Join me, your host, Diane Helbig, as I chat with people who have expertise in various areas of business. You'll enjoy the lively conversations that are focused on providing you with the ideas, tips, and suggestions you need to realize greater success. Get what you need for your business, when you need it, from the people who have the answers. Accelerate Your Business Growth is part of the Evergreen Podcast Network and is available on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast.